Hi and welcome to Think Healthy with Hayley. This is a podcast for women who are interested in health, fitness, weight loss and mindset. So if you want to feel more in control, enjoy food, stop dieting and just feel happier and healthier and getting to where you want to be, then this is the podcast for you. I hope you enjoy it. Let's get into the episode. Hello, so this episode is an interview with Tanith Lee, also known as Mrs. Menopause. She's a bit of a menopause specialist and I've known Tanith for a a long time online now, probably about 10 or so years ago, I was first searching online for more information about menopause, looking on social media and Tanith was one of the first people I found on social media who was putting out really good, helpful, supportive information about menopause. And in this episode, we talk about Tanith's own story with early menopause and struggles with mental health around that. We talk about dealing with negative self-talk and the inner critic, how we can support our own mental health and a whole lot more. You can find out more about Tanith on her website, mrsmenopause.co.uk, and I'll link to that in the show notes. And I really hope that you enjoy this episode. Tanith, hi, thank you for coming on the podcast. Thanks for asking me. This is exciting. It's great to have you on. I've been <laughs> wanting to chat to you for a while, actually. And um, let's just dive straight in. The first thing I wanted to ask was, uh, can you just tell us a bit more about your story when it comes to menopause? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Um, so my brand name is Mrs. Menopause, which kind of says what it is. Um, and actually, I didn't get that name. You know, that name was actually kind of given to me weirdly. So if I kind of go back to to how kind of all that happened basically I was in my 30s and I was um not in a great place um at the time I was uh, actually drinking too much way too much I was very alcohol dependent um and I was getting terrible like mental health things going on um I was very depressed I was anxious but also physically I was getting a lot of um like night sweats but I actually put that down to my excessive drinking if I'm honest now back then I wasn't in the health and fitness arena like kind of like I am now uh, not deeply so I didn't really question why I was feeling the way I was feeling um and as it turned out, I went to the doctor and and I was, I must've been about 37. It's a little bit hazy, but I was 37, I'm 51 now. And uh, I went to the doctor and told her what was going on. And she did some blood tests. Now she was a locum, so she wasn't a normal, that was back when you saw you at the same GP all the time. I don't know if we remember those days, um, but she was somebody else. She did the blood test. And I remember going, um, I was a personal training and I was sat outside my personal training client's house and the phone rang and I saw it was the doctor. So I answered it. And this doctor said, uh, basically, we've got your blood test results back. You're in the menopause. And she literally kind of said it like that, like, you know, just so abruptly. I hadn't even thought about the word menopause. It was on nowhere on my radar at all. And she kind of basically said, now this is not her fault, you know, it is what it is, but she basically said, 
you know, go to your local health food shop and get some supplements and almost like, you know, good luck. And that was it. And that's how it was left. Um, and you can imagine I was, I was reeling from that. I was just in shock. I was like, what? Menopause? That's for like old ladies. You know, I was in my 30s. I didn't know what I know now, you know. You know, there's so much more information now. So I, um, luckily for me, you know, where I was, I was having some, not luckily for me, but I was having some problems with my poxics at the time. And that's a whole other story, that whole pain thing. But the osteopath I was seeing works in a clinic and there was a GP that worked privately uh, doing uh, nutrition and hormone therapy. So I went and saw her. Oh, Susie Rockwell. Um, she was amazing. She works out bright. I don't think you can get on her list these days. Um, she was great. And she helped me then through my start to with HRT. And back then, because it's quite a while ago now, um, it was bioidentical hormones. So what you do, you'd have a blood test and she'd work out how much uh, of the different hormones you needed. That was uh, sent to a specialist pharmacy and it was com you had a special compounded like formula for you as an individual. Uh, quite lengthy, very expensive, but it was my option at the time. Um, so I was going through that and then um, me being me, I'm pretty open. Um, I started talking about like on social media and all of a sudden people were like really interested because nobody was talking about it. it. There was only a few people really talking about it back then. You know, if we're talking like 14 years ago, 14, 15 years ago, um, the information just wasn't around. Not really. Um, so I started talking about it and people really, you know, women fitness people, everyone wants to start to talk, you know, cause I was talking so openly about what was going on for me. And then somebody just basically, somebody just said to um, somebody in my mentor group actually at the time, was asking about menopause. And my mentor said, oh, you need to talk to Tanith. She's Mrs. Menopause. And that's literally how the name stuck. Uh, and that was Paul Moore uh, a long time ago. And, uh, and it stuck and I went, oh, might as well. It says what it is. I might as well just, you know, you know, because because at the time I was like, right, it's really taboo at the moment. No one's talking about it. I'm literally going to wear the t-shirt and go, I'm in menopause. What can we do? And that's how it started. So I kind of fumbled my way through menopause, different people I was seeing, um, my symptoms got better and then they got worse and it was up and down. HRT was very different back then. Um, I went. To, I was lucky I managed to go to the uh, menopause clinic in London, uh, the Chelsea and Westminster. And I was really well looked after then. Again, I don't think you can probably get on that list now. Um, you know, and I was well looked after by my GP. She's retired now, but she was really, you know, she was really, I felt really looked after. So I was, I was very lucky. And eventually I started to find a balance with uh, the rate, the HRT that worked for me. And, um, and I kind of got a level, definitely on my mental health stuff, got a level. Um, so it was okay. I was feeling much better. It was okay. But you know what I mean? I wasn't, didn't feel like I was thriving and there was probably other stuff, health stuff going on. So, um, so that's really how Mrs. Menopause began. Uh, and then initially I was going to like train the trainer. So I was going to be somebody that maybe, you know, trained other fitness professionals to then help their clients, but that didn't really fit. I actually wanted to just work with clients. Fast forward, I was still teaching fitness. I, um, I then knew I wanted to work deeper with women. I knew, you know, teaching fitness was fine. General, general kind of nutrition advice, diet stuff was okay, but 
my sense was I needed to kind of be able to get deeper and help women. Um, so I signed up and to do a nutritional therapy course. And that was in 20, when did I start that? 2014. So that was a three year part-time study. It was brutal. <laughs> you know, I'm not the most academic person. I didn't, you know, I didn't do that well at school. Um, so it was quite hard, especially on a menopausal brain as well at the same time. So, but I did it and it was a hell of an achievement. So I qualified um, in 2017. So it meant I could go deeper now. I know my learning was much deeper and broader. I had so many more things, tools and stuff I could use now with clients. Um, but alongside that, I knew it's all very well having those tools, but then how can I help clients to actually implement change? Because that's the biggest thing, right? Isn't it? Yeah. Helping people to implement change. So this is why I've kind of then also added coaching as well to my to my little repertoire, if you like. Um, and I try and use all those things, those things together. So for, for me now, so I'm like a long time post-menopause. I'm still using HRT because I find it really helpful. I have tried to um, I tried to stop it once, but um, the wheels fell off. Um, I was getting, I've never really suffered from anxiety or ang anxious thoughts before. But with that time I stopped the HRT, I didn't, I couldn't understand what was going on. All of a sudden I couldn't go out. <laughs> Sounds really weird. But I'd have these like massive like I didn't know what they even know where they were, but I'd be just I'd end up like crying or I just I couldn't I just couldn't make a decision. I just couldn't bear the thought of going out. And like I remember one time I was supposed to be going to a, a, like a networking thing with a friend, like a you know, a colleague. And I it I completely spun out. Like I I just I can't even describe it. I just I was crying, I was shaking, I was you know, almost just inconsolable. And I couldn't, you know, I, I, for a living, I'm in front of people. <laughs> That's what I do. But to go out and to a networking thing, it just sent me, and that was my first real experience of feeling that, that kind of level of anxiety. Um, and I don't know if it was linked to the reducing the HRT. It probably was linked to that and other stuff because what I hadn't done early days when I was on the HRT was hadn't really I was like yay great HRT slap it on let's carry on as normal and um so I wasn't really looking after my health I did stop drinking and I and I'm now a teetotal if you like I'm in recovery so I so I stopped that and then started to look after my body in different ways so I think HRT is great I don't know how we've got here already but HRT is great um but I think it's like a window of opportunity so once we get our those symptoms calm down to then maybe look at the other stuff that's going on um but but still I would still I was you know I, even though I'm level I would even to even quite recently I would be stuck in the ruminating thoughts the overthinking you know the inner critic negative self-talk and it's that thing that's really fascinated me recently much more recently in my in my evolving career as as Mrs Menopause you know um again to I come up it's the thing I it cut at that comes up over and over again you must you must see the same right Hayley you must see the inner critic absolutely inner critic yeah negative self-talk yeah. yeah well I think yeah. we all struggle with that to a degree don't we us us women especially um I know a lot 
yeah, a lot of your work is moving towards that now. And I'm seeing mm. that so much with clients as well, that it's such a helpful thing to focus on because it, it's something that we don't generally talk about that much, but I see it so many times with the goals that my clients have, that it, it holds them back from achieving those goals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I actually, when you were talking then, you um you prompted me to, to remember a, com- a question from one of my clients. And it actually really ties in well with what you just said there. I was going to ask you this a bit later, but I might just dive into this now. Yeah, let's do it. Um, I asked my my coaching group um, if they have any questions for you today. And one question I got um, was, I'll read it out to you. So she said, I'd like to know how I can boost my diminishing self-confidence in areas I've been dealing with for years. For example, driving to new places, going to an event with people I don't know, etc., it leads to anxiety around these actions, which makes the whole situation even worse. I then end up feeling cross with myself and starting to feel worthless. It was only recently that it was pointed out to me that it's probably related to the menopause. Mm. So how to boost diminishing self-confidence in areas she's been dealing with for years, which sounds like something you experienced a little bit as well. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And actually, I'll pick up on that. And I've heard this a few times. It's driving as well a lot of women have said suddenly driving has become like really uh difficult and they get anxious and start I know and, and driving to new places or just, and I've spoken to a few people that's actually like really uh, made their world smaller because they that inner critic that negative it's stopping them you know uh to go to be able to drive and, uh, you know, that's come up a few times. Okay, so I think the way, what we've got to think about is when a woman goes through the menopause, at whatever age, we know that there are changes happening. So we're all aware now of all, you know, the information's out there. So we have different receptors all over our bodies, estrogen receptors in particular. And in our brain. So our whole body is covered in these receptors. So when these estrogen levels are starting to dip, but they kind of roller coaster until they settle post-menopause. They're going up and down, um, but they're gradually getting lower as, as our body starts to adapt to a new way of being. And um, so when this is happening, these um, this is what can affect the brain. So we've got we've got different choices. We can we can try HRT. I'm, and I'm not here to promote HRT. I'm here to, you know, inform choice and women should be able to make the choice and do what they want. We know now that HRT is not actually as harmful as it was thought 20 years ago, you know. Um, so that is an option. We can actually re- rebalance the hormones that way. Um, we talked earlier before we started recording, didn't we, about those basics that everyone overlooks, you know, sleep eating some more vegetables, staying hydrated, you know, moving around a bit more. These basics, you know, can be really helpful in looking after our brain. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's interesting because our brain wants, I'm going to call it a shitty committee. Yep. <laughs> that, yeah, right. that's okay. Uh, that's how I refer to it. Um, it wants uh, it wants it to, it to be another solution. It wants it, it wants it not to be the basics. 
because it's you yeah. know it, it makes us look and search for other things so if this makes sense and yeah. I talk about this shitty committee as almost like another entity <laughs> I create distance between me and it which sounds a bit crazy um but I find it gives me complete freedom from separating from it so this so if we can find some separation from this shitty committee in our in, in our head that's never going to go away, right? It will always be there and it will always be telling us the same old shit day in, day out. That shitty committee, I hope, I hope it's, I'm sorry if I'm not that um does not come up with anything original, right? So once you start questioning it, this is why I kind of like to separate it myself from it because I'm like, I talk to it. I'm like, okay, yeah, okay, you're telling me the same thing. Yeah, you tell me I'm fat, I'm ugly, I'm too old, I'm in, and it's the same thing over and over. It never comes up with anything original. I could list down the same old stuff that that, that, just maybe it tries to disguise it with different language language and stuff but it's the same old thing and I for me it really helps and I go okay yeah whatever yeah yeah I hear you yeah yeah all right and I just crack on and do it anyway easier said than done I know it takes a lot of practice but that internal monologue is just it's, it's a script. So we have, we need to feel fear to save our life, right? We need to know if we walk to the edge of something high and there's not anything there, you know, we to stop us falling off it or walking off it. We need that. We know that. Self-preservation, stop us dying. But what's happened is it's just in our modern world, that's on like high alert all the time. Danger, 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 danger. And we're always looking, that's anxiety, anxious thoughts. I even change the framework and say, I don't say, you know, people say my anxiety, my depression. I'm like, it's not yours. Do you want to keep that? Language is key. I don't know if yeah. you agree, Hayley, but absolutely. Like, I have anxious thoughts. I have depressive thoughts. Therefore, I am not anxious. And it makes it, again, we're kind of like separating ourselves <clears throat> from that. And it sounds like, oh, yeah, you just changed the word. But it's so important because our brain is hearing everything we're saying, you know. So I separate. I, that's what I would practice. This script. So we're born like fresh. And then we start to develop. And then we start to develop a conscience. And we know about danger. But then the other stuff is handed to us as we grow and as we get older, page by page of this script. Well, our family does this, this is the way we think. You know, this is how we do this. A society says I should look this way. And we get handed all this information and we think it's us. We think that's how we should believe, be, but actually it isn't. It's stuff that's just been given to us. So that's how I see that internal monologue. It's not even our stuff. <laughs> but it tells us it is because it's uh, fundamentally it's trying to keep us safe, but it just overdoes it. And yeah. that's what these anxious thoughts are. That's so I, I'm going back to your, you know, that question is, it is, you know, 
you can put some HRT in. You can definitely do, there's lots of things we can do to help ourselves and to look after ourselves. And, um, and then it's learning then about how to respond to this shitty committee. And I think knowing it will never go, I think that's the, that's the lie we're kind of told is, you know, if we reason with it or, you know, or, you know, have conversation with it, we, we can make it go away, but it will never go. And I think in a way that's like, oh, actually, that's a bit of a relief, knowing it will never go. And then you don't have to listen to it. Because if we believed everything we thought, we'd all be locked up. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that's that's how I that's how I have found the biggest shift in my own mental health is starting to to think about this this way. Now I don't know whether it's right or wrong. No one can disprove it, can they, to say what I'm saying is right or wrong. But if I'm following something that really helps me and makes me feel better, I think for me that's the proof is in the pudding. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, another way I would say it as well is if we're given a choice, If I, so if I said to you, <clears throat> do you want to do, 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 do you choose to be happy or do you choose to be sad? Which one are you going to go for? I choose to be happy, I think. Funny that, yeah. Most people are going to choose to be happy. So if you're not happy, who's choosing? I'm choosing to be happy because I want to be happy and we can choose that. So if I, therefore, by process of elimination, if I'm not choosing, if I'm not being happy, somebody else is choosing. And I think who's choosing is that shitty committee. Mm. And this shitty committee... It's like a five-year-old, really. Talks loads of, has tantrums, kicks off, sulks, talks loads of nonsense, you know, all that stuff. It's like a five-year-old. And I don't want a five-year-old running my brain. <laughs> so that's how I see it. And I just think we've been given a choice, you know, by process of elimination. And it probably sounds really simplistic, um, but it works for me, <laughs> you know, it really works for me. And uh, so, so um, we've kind of gone into, we've gone into that kind of train of that conversation already, but I, I think it's really important. I think when it comes to mental health, I know that I can't believe everything my brain is telling me. Most of it's a lie. Yeah, and I think that's such a great way of looking at it with the, the shitty committee. Um, <laughs> even just saying it, it makes you smile, doesn't it? Like yeah. it just makes it a bit more lighthearted, and it absolutely helps you detach from it as well. And to think, yeah. yeah, I don't, I don't want the shitty committee or the the five year old in my head to be yeah. choosing what I do. Like it enables you to just create some distance and and realize that's one thought your brain's offering you, but there's other perspectives and things you can choose. You can choose and choosing is so key here. Yeah. I like that. That's great. Yeah, choosing is so it's so key because we 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 don't realise we have a choice. We can't control the thoughts that come into our head. That's out of our control, isn't it? But we can then choose what we want to believe, what we don't want to believe. And then we can, you know, those I am statements are really important because that's our identity we're giving ourselves. So, um, you know, I think how we talk to ourselves is just, oh, you know, that self, I am this, I am that, all this stuff. I think we have to be so careful. 
and it's so deep for women in particular and men too but I guess we're talking you know about women but it's so deep that stuff and it's hard it's uncomfortable to change and question it but it is possible have you got any more examples of, of that kind of self-talk that we tend to have and, and ways to overcome it oh what you want to hear my what do you mean externalize my shitty community <laughs> I mean we're all familiar with it aren't we um I mean, as I said before, it's if we all sat in a circle and we all shared what our, you know, what that voice had been telling us, it would be pretty much the same. You know, failure, you know, it's it's all it's all that stuff. And we we it's just so interesting, is it? Because it's it's it it repeats and repeats and repeats. And we think that's the way that's going to make us help us change is by being hard on ourselves and, and believing all that stuff. But we would never say that stuff we say to ourselves to what I'd sometimes do is actually get um, clients, depending on what's going on for them, but clients to get a picture of them as a young, like in, you know, age seven or something and say, OK, the stuff you're saying to yourself now, say it out loud to that picture, to you at that age, we would well, the vast majority of us would never talk to to that version of ourselves like that. But we still, we continue to allow that to happen. And as I said before, who's saying it? So, you know, who actually, who is saying, is it the real us or is it the shitty committee? And that's where the definition, that distinction comes in really, really handy. So um, what I do, and I was always a bit sceptical um, of like I am statements I was always a bit like oh really I am love it you know I am whatever I am confident I'm this actually when you when you look into the neuroscience behind it those affirmations um there's a lot of science behind it um and I know which one I'd rather say to myself so I choose to say those things and a lot of the time I'll be saying it so I did I wrote some affirmations this morning and I was like, you know, whatever it is, I am, you know, whatever it is I'm saying, I'm successful. I am, what do I say? I am uh, magnetic. I am attractive. Into, and it, it doesn't matter, you know, I am, why is that right? I wrote loads of stuff down. And I'm happy to say them because I think, well, sod it. What, you know, if I choose to believe that about me, it doesn't mean I'm being big headed. It's, it's a really good thing to think about ourselves, you know. And as I'm saying that, as I'm writing them down, the shitty committee is like, yeah, right. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, here you go again, writing down. Do you know what I mean? It's always there. And I just go, you can't see what, you know what I mean? I just, I either just laugh at it, I turn the volume down or just go, thank you, and then move on. So I do use fun and be quite playful with it. And I'm not, you know, if someone's in a really dark place, I understand it's quite hard to find, find the fun, yeah? Um, but we can find that distance. It's always I could be talk I can talking to you right now, Haley, and it's on me. Oh, you shouldn't have said that. People aren't going to understand it. Oh, you you've got nothing to say. You're boring. Oh, you should just cancel it. You should you know that would be that. And that literally, as I'm talking to you, it's saying that. We all have that, don't we? Yeah, yeah. it's it's true. about it. Yeah, people don't realize. Yeah. I think that's that's really helpful as well. I mean, with what you were saying there with the affirmations, I think 
that kind of thing, just the way that we talk to ourselves and what we choose to add to that sentence when we start it with I am, like yeah. it, it makes such a massive difference. Oh, and huge. And sometimes I think people struggle to connect with with affirmations and that kind of thing because it yeah. can seem like it's really far away and it's magical thinking and it's yeah. when you're in a, a tough place it's it's difficult isn't it to say I'm wonderful and I'm fantastic yeah. and I'm brilliant and whatever Absolutely. but something I talk about with clients sometimes is just having a bit of a ladder of thoughts to work up mm. through so you've got like that fantastical thinking where you're really kind and lovely and supportive to yourself is like the top of the ladder yeah. you might be starting at the bottom with some really harsh critical thinking yeah and if you can find something that's just a little bit more even neutral before we get yeah. to kind, like it's just something in the middle that takes away that negative emotion and is just nudging yourself towards being a bit kinder, being a bit, feeling calmer, feeling better. Just by saying those sentences, you can start to feel different and it, it takes Absolutely. away that. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely great. And I think another thing also just to add in there is... Um, is uh, most of the time we need self-comfort. We need uh, self-soothing, yeah. but without using other things to self-soothe. So actually hands-on, actually hands-on putting our hands on our arms and stroking ourselves and telling ourselves it'll be all right. I think that's a really useful tool to use in the moment, especially if you're having like a um, lots of anxious thoughts or your brain's going a million miles an hour, round, around, 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 it spirals really quickly, it can spiral. So it's been having having that as well. You could stroke yourself. I did, um, I saw today and I thought, I'm going to share this. Um, I can't remember his name now. I can't give him credit. I can't on Instagram. But he um, he said, if your brain's going really fast and you're, you know, you're getting, you're, it just, it's go, going a bit crazy. He said, um, ask yourself, I wonder what my next thought will be and see what happens. And, uh, and I did it. And I won't say what happens because maybe some of your listeners want to experience that. Um, but it's a really good question. <laughs> Yeah, so it's just really... asking. I wonder yeah. what my next thought will be. Ask, asking that question. Yeah, I think it might have come from originally from Eckhart Tolle, maybe originally, but the guy who shared it, I can't remember his name. Yeah, I wrote it down, but I'm going to share that. Yeah. Okay, uh, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to try yeah. it myself. <laughs> you have to try it yourself and see what happens. Um, but yeah, and I, and I think that actually probably leads us into a really good thing about asking us really good, asking ourselves. That's coaching, isn't it? Just asking ourselves really good questions or getting someone else to asking yeah. really good questions absolutely uh, asking questions right. are such a powerful thing isn't it it's, it's often we ask questions like why am I no good at this or why yeah. why can't I do this why is this so hard yeah. but if we can ask questions that lead us to a helpful answer it makes all the difference because our brain will always go to work on ans answering the questions that we ask yes and, and if we're asking why why can't I do this why am I no good at this why is this hard it keeps people stuck but if it's mm. framing it as what can I do what's the next thing I could do for that's myself why, today coaching comes in so well because you need yeah. to be able to, to to ask those kind of questions and I think also it's it's all this is just pointing our thoughts in the right direction or or a, a, a direction that's going to help us feel happier isn't it and asking those questions so there's things like I do this and it's quite loads of people find it difficult we all know about gratitude lists now right we all know the science behind it we all know that it, it it's just remarkable how it can how it can change our outlook and change our how our brain is but another one and I call I like to call it braggitude so it's a bit of a self-brag now most people 
toes curl up with this one because they're like oh I've got to find out things like you know I like and what I've done well myself because it again it's because it's it's unfamiliar so our brain doesn't like it uh we know we're not jet in the UK anyway we're not raised are we to uh, say good things about ourselves and what we've done out loud to other people because probably been told haven't we from the script that's been handed to us all our life it's showing off yeah. um but actually, I say let's show off and let's um, and let, you don't have to do it to other people, but write down three things every day that you've done well. And that shitty committee will say, yeah, there's nothing. It, it will say it, there's nothing. But there are, even if it's I brushed my teeth, <laughs> you know, what I mean, that could be a good thing. There's always something. Um, but it's quite challenging. Especially I love that. Yeah. So gratitude, that's what you call Braggitude it. Braggitude yeah. and gratitude, yeah. <laughs> gratitude yeah, yeah. and gratitude. <laughs> yeah, finding what you've done well, that's, I, that is something I have on the the check-ins that I do with, with clients each week, like finding things that they're yeah. proud of, things they've done well. And it's sometimes so hard to find it, isn't it? Like you said, when you're in a, a tough place, yeah. if you feel like you're struggling at the moment, it, our brains almost like just close off to yeah. all the things Absolutely. we've done well. And there are so many things that you could list that, people just struggle to see and that yeah that box I do find there's a real theme there if people are struggling they they can't think of what to put in that box but yeah it's something that when they're prompted on it when they go back over it there's there are always so many things like you said brushing your teeth and but even yeah I know I know from sort of talking to those people that they they would have so many things they could list they just can't see them and... and I would say also, actually, and this was picked up from my coach. Um, I kind of I said something in conversation. We weren't talking about like braggitude particularly, but I, I mentioned something had happened. It was something to do with my husband about I was being quite vulnerable and I'm talking about something. Um, and she's and and I and I said it like the sentence or whatever it was to her, and then I carried on talking, and she literally kind of had to like pat and interrupt me and went, "Whoa, stop." Can we just go back and just acknowledge that massive change that just happened? Because I, I didn't, I just, I didn't, I didn't even notice if that makes sense. So some, that's why it's good to talk to somebody else because we, you know, otherwise I would have just dismissed it or my the shitty committee would have just yeah. like, you know, just it would have been ignored. But she said no, but let's just sit, and she made me sit with it and really feel it, and it was really uncomfortable. <laughs> but you know, you know, I've got to be willing to be uncomfortable to, uh, to 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 get to the other side. But actually, it felt it felt uncomfortable, but it felt good. Actually, I said, like, oh yeah, actually, I did, I did well, yay. Yeah. <laughs> that's brilliant and it, it is a practice isn't it it's something that it is you just we need to keep being prompted to do it and, and acknowledge it and feel good when you see some signs of progress with yeah. it as well yeah and when and it helps people feel better I think that's the key thing it's if you feel better you you take better action because you're in a really good place but it comes from having to look for things that make you feel good and it's practicing scanning mm -hmm. for yeah. helpful thoughts things you've done well patting yourself on the back being proud of yeah. what you do Absolutely. It sometimes sounds like it's just woo woo stuff and it's just it's brain very, very it's fluffy brain things but, you know, yeah it's, it is brain science when it you really find those is. things and feel good you start to do better as a result yeah. it helps you and a, another thing that i've discovered recently as well i mean I've, I've been on a course i've had some training around this all this stuff i'm talking about is something that's you know been shared lovingly shared to me by by some other people and um 
we um they talk about in their uh training that um everybody everybody wants to have you know, you know if we could choose to have fun we would choose to have fun wouldn't we um but most people are waiting to experience fun rather than creating fun and we can put that in any life experience so we're we've become waiters rather than you know we're all waiters rather than creators and what they mean is that we're just kind of we're waiting for we're waiting for something to make us feel happy we're waiting for something to 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 experience fun so we go we you know we experience fun maybe watch but actually we can we've got all that in us we've all got you know fun and and joy and laughter all those good things are kind of in us kind of waiting to be released if you like and we've got so much more control over our energetic state than the shitty committee would have us believe i'm sure we've all you know everyone's experienced it how music can change our state how it can change our any might not be music it might be something else for other people but it's a really good example but my shitty committee would be like, don't put it on because it's going to make you feel happier. It's, it's just like, what? Yeah. You know, but you put it on and it can change everything. So there's, you know, it's, it's, it's about kind of creating, isn't it? Creating how we want to feel. So if we want to feel happier, then we need to do things that make us feel happier. Um, one example is have you ever done laughing yoga i haven't no have you heard that of laughing yoga no no i don't think have so oh my god it's so funny but anyway i mean there's videos of, of what it's, it's it's not just laughing there is a laughing yoga but um you know i've done it a couple of times and of course you're in a room full of people and you stand up and you spend a minute laughing just for the sake of laughing and it's really cringy it's at the first you're like oh get me out of here I don't want to do this it's awful but once you start and you're feeding up everybody else everyone's laughing and you know you get that belly laughing that your abs hurt because you're laughing so much that proper laughing that's what happens and if you look on YouTube there's loads of videos experiments people have done that somebody's there there's, um, you might have seen them on social media and there's someone standing there listening to something or reading something and he just start, they start laughing. They just start laughing, you know, just start. And then people's watching and they start laughing. And in the end, the whole carriage is laughing because one person started laughing. And, and, it, and it's that kind of energy that we can, we've all got in us. But the shitty committee yeah. would tell us no. But we've all got that. We've all got that ability to change how we feel. Um, so, yeah, I just thought I'd share that. I love that. <laughs> That sounds brilliant. I'll look that up. Yeah, look it up. It's hilarious. So it's yeah. So it's getting ourselves into that that position where we we can have fun and we can laugh and we can experience yeah. joy, especially so, in menopause, right? <laughs> yeah, completely. <laughs> so there are, I guess there's there's some things kind of mindset mentally that we can do that we've sort of talked about a bit with the yeah. aquatic. And then there's some sort of practical steps as well, mm -hmm. things like the the laughing yoga, as an example. <laughs> yeah. um, and you said about self-soothing, didn't you, as well? Like yeah. the touch for self-soothing. Yeah, we forget about touch, don't we? It's the first thing we do, isn't it? When somebody, when somebody else is not feeling great, we tend to rub their back or something, don't we? It's a bit of touch there, yeah. isn't there, to soothe them. And we can actually do that for ourselves as well. Our body likes that. No, bring it, it'll help our nervous system. Mm. Yeah, are there are there other things you can think of as well that help? If we were thinking of some practical tips for people to help with their with their mental health, 
guess there's a few yeah. avenues we could go down with that but where what there comes are, up for you? yeah there are loads um and I guess it depends on the person as well um yeah I mean you can't be the great outdoors <laughs> and I know I'm talking to the right person but Definitely. you know just being able to be outside it changes our perspective um and and actually another thing also is if you're feeling like the power pose it sounds a bit silly but I don't know if people know what the power pose is but you stand you stand up you take your feet a little bit wider than the hips you put your hands on your hips and you stand really tall and you have power pose but you can add to that if you look up so if you take your gaze up it actually changes how your brain, I don't know how it does it, how your brain is working, but it will lift your mood. So just by changing how you're standing, if you look at someone that's depressed, they'll be hunched over and they're walking around and looking at the floor. Okay, so our body mimics that. So if we can do the opposite, that would change. Um, and I do think as well, like, you know, having a dance or something, which most people don't want to do if you're depressed, but really you know just doing a little bit it would just do some car dancing put some tunes on and do some crazy car dancing or something just for a minute it really does make a difference and then we feel empowered because we're we're making the change we're not waiting for waiting for something to, to change if that makes sense and we you know we want to feel empowered don't we, we want to feel like we're kind of in control we're never in control but kind of in control um so i would get outside you know get moving daylight um, you know the basics of 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 good health sleep you know nutrition all that stuff but in and yeah I would I would talk to a friend if I was feeling I would you know I'm a big sharer I'm a big one uh, um, of sharing stuff um, I would maybe you know take the dog out play with the dog anything that kind of gets me out of myself and I don't know if this makes sense but I know if I'm feeling off key, off balance, which I do still, you know, all, you know, we're, we're all flawed. We're all doing our best, you know, the best we can. Everyone's doing their best. And, you know, we're all flawed, but you know, there's, there's a few things we can do. Like, oh, I'm just trying to think of the best thing to. Yeah, I mean, sharing's. I think sharing is is really good, isn't it? Just sharing with somebody else. I think getting that connection with somebody else. I completely lost my train of thought there, and that's interesting because the shit committee is like, oh no, you don't know what you're gonna. Well, you forgot what you're gonna say, and I've completely forgotten yeah. what I was gonna say. <laughs> but it's fine. I don't care. It, it's just it's normal. It's it's normal reality, isn't it? I think so, that was really helpful what you said though, um, especially how simple those things are, like just getting outdoors, doing a power pose, like. Yeah. You can do that pretty much anywhere. Do it anywhere, um, can't you? Yeah. you could go to the door, you could go to a bathroom, couldn't you? And just and lock yourself in the toilet and do lock, it. There. Just yeah. stand and just, you know, and just stand and do that. And it's, and it's even, I guess, taking that a step back and thinking it's even if you just put your shoulders back and you put your chest up a little yeah. bit, you don't have to even do a, a yeah. obvious power pose. It's it's just about yeah. your your posture and your stance. Well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that does make a difference. I I've I've seen the their research on that as well how how yeah. much impact just changing how you stand can I think there's a really good I think there's a, a TED talk on it actually somewhere about that as well oh, there is. yeah I think so yeah and you know just hydration just the simple you know that's such as you know everyone overlooks it don't they oh yeah I've got to drink so many glasses of water it's just like well actually hydration getting that can change 
the energy slump in the afternoon you know she says drinking a glass of water I didn't even think about that I just started drinking (laughs) you're just showing up (laughs) yeah it's just just hydration and it doesn't you know a lot of people don't like water which is you know fine you know herbal teas that kind of thing are, are really good uh, but hydration, you know, a dehydrated body, will, it will be tired. It will be sluggish. It won't function well. You know, it, it won't work as well. And I like to share about, you know, we can um, eat our water as well. So a lot of food, you know, if we eat foods that are have a lot of water content, it's it's different somehow for ourselves. You know, we we kind of like lubricating ourselves, if you like. You know, it's it, it's a different type of hydration. So... A great, a great example would be cucumber, you know, probably perhaps not a thing to eat in winter, but um, but a cucumber, anything that's got a higher water content will actually help us stay hydration, hydrated as well. That's a great point. Yeah. Things yeah. like, I guess, watermelon and that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. All of that. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. I'm conscious we are already coming up to, to time when there's oh, so no. much still I was wanting to talk to you about. <laughs> we have to get you back if you would happily come back yes, of course. so much more that would be good to chat about is there anything that we haven't yet talked about though that you'd want to make sure we do say in this podcast in terms of um, menopause and mental health um as much as i've been laughing and joking around today i really get it you know when it got me bad i wanted to take my own life so i i get it i know how bad it can get um and I just wish someone had shown me different ways of being able to get through menopause you know I didn't I didn't know nobody knew people know so much more now so I would I would say one don't please don't suffer alone it's really important to share it with someone um and whoever that someone is is up to you whether it's professional or you know just but share it it's quite scary to be vulnerable for a lot of people, but share it. Um, <clears throat> and know that there is help available for you in in many different forms. And it's sometimes working out the one that works best for you. So it's a bit of trial and error. And sometimes that means that we feel like we fail or we're not good enough or blah, blah, blah. And we know who's telling you that now, don't we? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we can just try something else. Um but please just don't give up hope on yourself. Um, you know, menopause is a transition from one stage of our life to another. And the other side is good. You know, it's good. It's a transition. And, let you know, your body is going through a change. And we haven't even talked about, you know, there is so much more we could talk about yeah. that menopause transition. But, you know, meaning what we want, purpose, meaning, all that stuff. Um, and I just want to finish with this. It's a re- again, it's a language thing, but we we call them symptoms, these menopause symptoms. And I just, I don't agree with that word. It sounds really clinical and really medicalized. I call them menopause messages because I feel like those symptoms, as we call them, are just messages your body is telling you. And I, it's, we're saying the same thing, but it's got a different feeling to it. It's like, oh, actually, my body's trying to tell me something. Hang on, should I stop? Should I listen? Let me understand what's going on rather. Oh, my body's let me down. I've got this going on. I've got this going on. And rah, rah, rah. It's like, oh, actually, probably what it needs is to let me listen to. <laughs> Do you know? And it just reframes it. 
our body isn't against us. It's an amazing vehicle. We've all got this gift of this body. No matter what's going, what it looks like, what it's going through, it's a gift. It's an amazing vehicle. And um, if we, if we, you know, wash it well and give it a hoover, <laughs> regular MOTs, the vehicle is going to service because you deserve it. I deserve it. We all deserve it. That's I it. think that's a brilliant way to finish. Thank you so much. Where can people find you if they want to learn more about you and what you do? Uh, my blog is still Mrs. Menopause. Still Mrs. Menopause. I, I will link to that in yeah, the yeah. show Mrs. notes. Menopause is still Mrs. Menopause. I'm on the social. I'm not a lot. Uh, I've got Facebook um, is Women's Wisdom with Mrs. Menopause. But to be honest, I'm not on them much. Email marketing and writing is is where I'm at. Um, so, yeah, go, go over to my uh, website and you can sign up and I send out um, I send out regular emails, which are, you know, just kind of like me talking to you like this. <laughs> Yeah, really? and I I am on your email list, and I, I would recommend it. I honestly, uh, you're yeah. one of the few email lists that I'm actually on. And, Thank you um, very much. But yeah, I, I do loads of things. I run local events, you know, Sussex events. I'm going to be much more in person. I still do online stuff, um, and my focus is now is going to be menopause and mental health. This is this is how I'm going to be focusing moving forward. So you know where I am excellent i'm looking forward to seeing what you uh, create this year as well and yeah thank you again so much for for coming on this has been really really good and uh, i'll have to get you back <laughs> part two part two yeah thank you <laughs> thank you thank you so much for listening to the podcast today i hope you enjoyed it if you have any questions if i can help you in any way please feel free to get in contact with me via my website, hayleyplumber.co.uk or come find me on Facebook or Instagram and I would love to connect with you. I hope you have an amazing day and I'll speak to you soon.